Okay, who brought us this episode, Chris? Who did it? This episode was brought to you by Squarespace, the best way to make a beautiful, responsive website, portfolio, blog, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS, you will get 10% off your first order. And wow. you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name. Squarespace.com and the offer code THUMBS. What domain name would you get? Oh, God. I would probably get, like, helicopters.helicopter. <laughs> That's a really good immediate <laughs> pull. That really cracked me up. In my brain, at least. I was kind of stunned. Well, not any time, Jake. Nick, what do you think about, about Fallout 4? Oh, it's all right. It's, it's good. Pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> da, da, da. Thanks, everyone. I don't know much I have to say about it. <laughs> See you in five years. November 12th, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 236. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. This is an eerie uh, <laughs> coincidence that it is just the three of us yes. following the release of Fallout 4. Uh-huh. And also a StarCraft expansion, which I didn't play yet, but I feel like if we just need a Far Cry, and then we're, we're, we're time This is traveling. like Idle Thumbs we're 1. Just, we're back. Wasn't the first episode of Idle Thumbs, didn't we talk about Fallout 3? Yes. Yeah. And I think yeah. I talked about a uh, Wario Land game. I did not play a new Wario game, so I fucked it up. Sorry. Uh, so there've been, there's been non-zero <laughs> Wario talk recently. So I don't know. More true. Waluigi talk. That's true. Maybe. So we're, we've graduated. We're Fallout 4 instead of Fallout 3, Waluigi instead of Wario. <laughs> we're, you know, we're moving on. <laughs> we're, we're keeping up with the times here yeah, at Idle true. Thumbs. Far Cry Mammoth game. That's true. Yeah. Coming up. Can't yep. wait. <laughs> Clint Hawking's new Far Cry Mammoth thing. Yeah. I don't think he worked on that game. I don't no. think he did either. Yeah. Anyway. Although, I mean, Clint Hawking has been back in the news recently because he rejoined Ubisoft. Oh, he did? Yeah. You didn't know this? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. Clint Hawking. So Clint Hawking has not shipped a game since Far Cry 2. Yeah. Um, because he knows that he shipped possibly yeah, he shipped the, the best ones. The so. best ones. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, then he was at. What was the order? He went there from from there to LucasArts. Yes, LucasArts to Amazon. <clears throat> no, no, to LucasArts to Valve, Valve to an Amazon, Amazon startup, yeah. like gaming gaming group. To yeah. back to, to back Ubisoft. to Ubisoft. Yeah, right. I bet he'll ship a game at Ubisoft. Ubisoft ships games. Like basically, the if there's anything that Ubisoft That's does, their slogan. It's, they put games. They make many games. So That's true. He will probably make a game, and I kind of think that. I mean, I have no. Um, you know, I we've we all have met Clint obviously a number of times, but you know, I, I'm not like a close person. And if you haven't, if, if you're a listener of Idle Thumbs, you feel like you've met. Clint. That's that's true. Uh, so I, I'm not saying this with the weight of any real authority, but it it kind of feels to me that he's the kind of designer who might work better in a kind of a more hierarchical AAA studio. Yeah, I, I look forward to seeing him back in a studio where the forces above him are pressing him very hard to 
finish a game, put it in a box, and make money for them. And then what his job is to do is to make the like best version of that, that before they yeah. before they make him put without it in the ruining door. it. Basically. Without ruining, yeah, yeah. I, I as opposed to LucasArts, they did not ship anything for a while. Then they closed. Amazon was a black box startup, and Valve is a black box twenty year old weird house. Yeah. <laughs> It's not, that's their slogan. Ubisoft, yeah, we ship games. Valve, 20-year-old weird house. <laughs> that's accurate. That was the highest stack-ranked slogan. <laughs> uh, yeah, the guy who came up with that actually got a $3 million bonus. God, weirdly, I played a lot of like Left 4 Dead and Portal this week. Really? Yeah. How did you end up with, doing that? Uh, my girlfriend Janelle and I we were, both were just great looking, games, obviously. We were looking for just like something we could play in like a short burst because we were working a lot, um, yeah. and just something that we could play like together for like twenty minutes. And I, at the end of the day, I just I looked at like what was available to play out there right now like, today, mm, and I was Left like, for Dead, mm, Left for Dead, and Portal are still kind of. <laughs> did you guys play Portal Two co op stuff? Or we what did, which I had never played. It's really good. It oh, is yeah, good. It is really oh good. god, it playing really those good. games made me realize yeah. how brilliant the level design is in those games, and how just just the, like all the good level design in Portal Two is oh. in the co-op, in my opinion. Too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the yeah. uh, and Left for Dead, my god, like we just picked which, a random what, what campaign. Did you, play? you played Left for Dead Two, which is now just kind of now just Left for Dead because Left for Dead Two is the Left for Dead platform. Yeah, yeah, and because they ported all of one DLC. That's true. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, everything's just one big homogenized thing now, which is great if you just pick it up if you want to pick it up. But um, God, like we just wandered around this one level, and it was crazy. We never got lost once, and it was this insanely complicated like structure. It was the um the rain one, heavy or no rain or heavy rain, whatever mm-hmm. the, the yeah. one that rains a lot. Yeah, um, no rain, heavy rain, yeah, heavy rain. Oh rain. god, <laughs> cycling through games with rain. Um, but no, it uh man, what a what a what a great game. It is a bummer that they don't make games now. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, huh? <laughs> Thinking about Left 4 Dead 1 getting merged into Left 4 Dead 2 then made me think about like if somehow Portal 1 got merged into Portal 2 and then if Portals got merged into Left 4 Dead and they just called it Steam. <laughs> if you just launch yeah. launch your Valve game. Yeah. Yeah, but they won't they I mean they won't do that. Man, Brad Muir is at, is at Valve now. Maybe they are making a game. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Well, they're yeah. making Dota. That's true. That's, That's true. true. That Brad is, is probably working on Dota, right? Valve I mean, he's is, like Brad yeah. is definitely a Dota guy. Who's right? to say? Yeah. Former Dota Today host, Out of Those Podcast, Brad Muir. True. Yeah. That was what launched him to his career. At so Valve, it made Valve take notice. Right. Not no the doubt. like yeah. you know, not the numerous shipped games as project lead. Yeah. They're going to they're going to release a podcast called Dota Today Two, and then we'll have to sue them. <laughs> Uh, we found that the Out of Thumbs Network did not uh, sufficiently right. trademark the Dota Today name. Well, they, they will just call it Dota Number Two Day, and they're like, "You guys, that's different." <laughs> we got one of the original hosts, so <laughs> we think we got. I mean, the, uh, we think we have the president, sort of uh, real soul of the uh, the podcast here yeah. on board. <laughs> Meanwhile, hardcore Dota Today fans know that Brad was not one of the original hosts, that Sean and Nick were the original hosts, and Brad, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, uh, I guess we should talk about Fallout. Oh, oh yeah. what? Let's just talk about garbage I mean, for the whole podcast. <laughs> Classic I mean, Idle Thumbs 1 callback. Yeah. No, no idea what we're talking uh, about. No, that thumbs. podcast was actually pretty tight compared to this, I think. I yeah, think we just talked about true. games that were current and people liked us then. <laughs> All right, Very different so, from today. So, Fallout 4. 
Yeah. Um, how much of it did you play, Chris? I've played several hours. Yeah, um, that's about yeah. where I'm at. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, the, the nature of these games makes it almost impossible for me to know how to tell you how much I've played because right. you could have played, we could have played for the exact same number of hours and one of us could have seen 5% of the game and one of us could have seen 1% of the game. Yeah. Which always makes me nervous talking about the game at this point. You know what I mean? Because I feel yeah, like I, I don't, don't mind because there's so much of it that yeah. Like, what are you going to say that's going to spoil someone? Yeah, you know. I mean, I mean it's unless... pretty good. It's, <laughs> it's it's fine. It's pretty good. Well, what do you? I mean, what do you think of this game? Um, it's interesting. Uh, it's I'm coming from a weird spot because I yeah. saw the sort of pre-production phase while I was still at Bethesda right. years ago. Um, and uh, and now. This is actually uh, also weirdly the first Bethesda game I played in a long time where I haven't, you know, been involved in it some way in some way. And so, like, it's weird experiencing it from this side, especially having worked as a community manager, because now all the things that people would write in to me in that job, I some of those things are like popping up in my brain and I'm just becoming the thing that I hated. Uh, So I'm kind of like, yeah, but but generally speaking, um, it, it, it feels like less of a. I guess generational leap than yeah, Skyrim I, did from, from I Fallout Three, and it, I agree. I think it, it feels much more Skyrimy. Yeah, and I think um, it's fine. I think it's fine. I, I'm actually curious what you Skyrim with guns is how you would basically describe. <laughs> this. Um, Get that joked? Huh? Classic. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it definitely feels like they went for a lot of like very specific. Um, upgrades in terms of like the components that make a Bethesda game to me like they like targeted aspects of their game system I don't know like whatever you like creation engine um, whatever they want to call it uh, like conversations I'm sure tons of work went into the system that yeah. runs that now mm-hmm. because where you can like walk away very, from a conversation yeah walk away and they're doing cinematic cameras and um, you know, all of that. So it sort of feels like a piecemeal upgrade as opposed to like yeah. a, an across the board kind of a thing. Um, but I'm enjoying it, you know. Oh, me too. I find this game really <clears throat> difficult to evaluate because on the... Okay, so <laughs> on the one hand, it's like unbelievably ambitious in ways that are just shocking when I come upon them. Like, yeah. oh, you I, you know, pretty early on you find... Well, you can and you, you can find anyway uh, early on a workshop... And you're like, oh, they've got that crafting system in there. Yeah. Oh, you can just build a house. Yeah. You can yeah. build corridors you just and take a down an entire and... like city and then rebuild it. Yeah. yeah. Like what? <laughs> like what the hell is this? It's crazy. Yeah. You know, shit like that is bonkers. And then other then other things are like, this literally just feels like playing Skyrim. Like I'm walking yeah. around harvesting the plants and doing the things and mm-hmm. um, which is again, this is not a bad thing, but it just makes it so difficult for me to know how to sort of holistically. Um, judge the game and like you know it's not my job to I'm not a game reviewer so like I'm not stressed out about that but when I am just thinking about it when I was thinking about like what's my impression of this game going to be on idle thumbs like man I don't know I mean it's it's amazing like it's if you like games like this just get it because it's the new best one probably but like um, but it is you know what you were saying about um, the the, all the time that must have gone into, for instance, the conversation system and cinematic camera and all that stuff, the, that sort of sums up how I, my, my sort of difficulty in, 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 in summing up how I feel about these games because, not how I feel about them, but summing up sort of my take because 
that system's a great example of like, oh yeah, they did all this work to put it in. Of course, it's still 25% of the time, it just looks ridiculous because <laughs> yeah, it's totally dynamic and like I'm standing yeah. in a weird place and the camera's like <clears throat> behind my head and it's right. like b- entirely blocked, you know, just which is, I can't fault the game for that because it is so huge in its scope and so <clears> sweeping <throat> in how much it tries to do. Yeah. Um, but by the same token, like, those facts cause it to sort of suffer sometimes, you know, like there's so much in it, like the, all that crafting stuff is amazing. And it's also encouraging just terrible instincts. I have terrible, like hoarding oh, instincts I, I have because now the second I, I opened up that just... workshop thing, I was like, Oh man, Chris is going to like, yeah. so this is going to activate until every town. It's like OCD. Act. Like oh, I'm going to carry everything back. Yeah, all right. How can I, I set this up? So I it's like perfectly efficient. Like, I can't even throw away garbage anymore. Cause even garbage <laughs> is like a component yeah. part you can use to create, like yeah. even just like the, the, the fucking like empty soda bottle is like, don't forget, this is a glass component. Yeah. This will be used in gl- recipes that use glass, like blueprints. Yeah, but it really you is. Have to like, then go. Okay, it's a fucking crafting system, and ignore it. Yeah, but it's cool. <laughs> so is optimizing it a hundred percent the part of it that's cool? No, it's not. I'm just saying that that is like it gets the worm in my brain, and then I'm it reminds like, me of like you know my grandma who lived through the depression and just like save every piece of tinfoil. Oh yeah, <laughs> my like, grandmother too. She had canned food oh, that was like decades old. Yeah, that she wouldn't get rid of. Yeah, it's a good excuse to just not have to get rid of things, I guess. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. And yeah, my grandmother, have I ever said this on the podcast? One time, my grandmother gave me and my brother for a as a as a as a present when we came over to her house. I think it might have been a Christmas <laughs> present. She gave us like the um, plastic uh, like ring tags that came on her like six pack case of wine she gave us just like the little just like plastic tags that what? hold together the Weird. wine bottles from like the bulk discount wine and they just ha- they were just like informational tags about the wine and she's like here you go i saved this for you we we're like thanks nana what is it's cool she was just you she know was just like saving just all the your, things your and she's like oh well this yeah. is can't throw this away yeah my grandchildren will will love this <laughs> I can't even plastic mess. Yeah, I can't even communicate like what exactly it was because it's too mundane for us to have words for. Sometime in she was waiting to craft her. Yeah, I was gonna say like you you missed out when like they deregulated the national crafting system in 1989 (laughs) and like really just it kind of just it didn't work out when it was privatized. It basically just isn't around anymore, but your grandma was really into that. And that's why she gave that to you, but it just didn't really register for you at the time. It's, yeah. it's value because there wasn't really, you couldn't really melt it down and mold it into like a, you know, right. piece of desk or something, right. you know, yeah. couldn't make shoes out of it. Like yeah. you could back in the, in the early and mid 20th century mm-hmm. when, when the national crafting board was still around. <laughs> True. I forgot about that. <laughs> Fucking Reagan. it's fine Um, we've got mods now Uh, (laughs) um so yeah no i feel the same way about this game i think um and it kind of when i was thinking about you know working as a community manager the kinds of things that people would send in and complain about when it comes to bethesda games and stuff that is on the internet but it's it's you know also in huge volume when you're there and it's just amplified because you're working there and it's just stuff like well why 
Why do, why are there memory issues with this game? Why why is there a frame rate problem when you drop sixty thousand uh, items that all have you know specific data mm-hmm. attached to them on the ground? Mm-hmm. And like that is the voice that sometimes will pop up when you're playing a Bethesda game and and go like, oh god, I wish this thing was perfect. Why isn't it perfect? But yeah. it's sort of inherently flawed because of oh, what yeah. it is. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like two <clears> things I don't want to be misconstrued about. One, I'm not criticizing the game for letting me be garbage. Right. But and then I'm I'm also not criticizing the game for not having perfect cinematic camera direction because I understand why both of these things exist, but the underlying factor is that they did choose to make a game that is just impossibly ambitious in scope and like that is inevitably yep. going to make for a rougher experience. And so you have to just sort of <clears throat> decide where you as a player kind of fall on how much of that stuff is actually important to you and and what you want to engage with. Like these games definitely lend themselves towards um, player um, player directed parameters. Like Chris Graft, who uh, I used to work with at Gamasutra and is now the editor in chief there, wrote this great piece on uh, on Gamasutra about how he has found his time in Fallout Four to be really improved by just turning off all quest markers oh i saw that so yeah yeah, so he just doesn't have and after i read that i'm like oh that's a great idea so i just went and turned them off too and it's really cool i it makes it instantly very difficult to follow the main quest Mm -hmm. um and as a result i'm just kind of wandering the wasteland and it highlights one of the things that i think is a real strength of this game um certainly more above uh, fallout 3 and I would say pro- at least so far to me above Skyrim as well. And and Skyrim was a game that I thought did this very well already, which is having just really, really, really interesting skylines and really mm-hmm. great open world level design, which is a, which is something that is hard because not yeah. a lot of games, it's not a, uh, like there, there are a lot of best practices for kind of micro scale level design, you know, sort of levelly levels. There's tons of GDC talks and, you know, forum communities and sort of just tons of resources around that. But open world level design is such a weird, ambiguous thing. And I feel like this game does it so well. There's always something cool on the horizon that you want to go see. And it's all very evocative. And that combines with a much more expansive uh, art direction in this game than in Fallout 3. This game is much less monochromatic than mm-hmm. that game was or a lot more blue skies and just much <clears throat> yeah, it seems broader less color bl- palette lighted generally i mean yeah. like everything's still dilapidated and weird Yeah, everything's still gross and, and blown up but like but uh the just sensation of coming out of the vault for the first time you know after the after i guess you were already previously outside of the vault at the beginning of this game but you know when you re-exit to the vault um it just feels I just really wanted to explore the world and there's already like you could already just see like, Oh, there's a cool water tower and there's like this weird sort of like rocket ship gas station thing. And like, Oh, there's just all, there's just like cool stuff you can instantly see. And then I saw a big freeway in the distance and this was after I'd already turned off my quest marker. And I'm like, Oh man, there's just this huge ruined freeway that just, uh, overpass basically that just cuts across the whole landscape. And I, I like, I was so desperately hoping that it wasn't that it was actually something I could climb up on and and traverse. And I got there and it totally is because it's, you know, ruined. And so part of it sort of slouches down to the ground and you Mm -hmm. can climb up it and walk across this freeway like, you know, 30 yards up in the air. Um, And I'm just like, 
this is rad. This is just so cool. It's just a really, really great, inviting open world with lots of uh, attention drawing. Did stuff. you uh, did you find your family? That is also the plot of this game. So I don't know if you knew that or not, but <laughs> I, I did because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> that was also basically the plot of Fallout Three. Yeah, different family member, but but yeah, yeah. Um. Chris, you lived in Boston for a while. I did, for a few does, years. Does this game evoke Boston to you? I mean, like, I'm just um, curious. I saw a reference to the Quincy Massacre, which made me laugh. Apparently, yeah, there's some, yeah, like... Yeah, funny. Yeah. Yeah, Quincy came up, which is where Irrational yeah. Games is located. So that's yeah. where did you work. find the ruins of the Just Vape store? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I've been to Quincy in the game. I don't know if that's actually... Yeah, it's is Quincy in the, in the game? Oh, yeah. man, that's hilarious. Okay, yeah. well, I'll have I to think go so, there. anyway. I think it's in yeah. the far, like, southeast. Okay. Uh, that's where it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, well, I, I don't know if it feels like Boston yet. I've been to Concord in the game and I never went to Concord in real life, so I can't really speak to that, mm. but it does. I mean, it does feel like a, an East coast city, which I mean, fallout, uh, three was already set on the East coast. So I guess that's not a big stretch. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm sure it will once I actually get to downtown yeah, Boston you, areas. Yeah. yeah. But I, I haven't, because of the way I'm playing, I have no idea if I should have gotten there yet by now or not, but I've sort of just abdicated the main quest line for the time being. And I'm just kind of wandering just and exploring. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Man, one crazy thing about this game is that you get, if so before I started doing that, when I was still kind of following, well, actually this wasn't main quest, but I, I don't actually know if it's main quest or not, but early on in my game anyway, and I, I assume in most people's games, you do a quest that ends up giving you power armor mm -hmm. really early. Yeah. What did you, what do you think about that? I, well, I was going to mention actually. It, it, one of the things that seems like they um, definitely decided to do with this game is to just speed up the kind of like opening hour or two, which yeah. normally in a Bethesda yeah, yeah, game definitely. it's like a very directed. Like, yeah. I mean, Skyrim was already kind of getting to the point much faster than I think their previous games, but mm -hmm. um, compared to Fallout Three, it's which begins with like a forty-minute sequence while you're you know yeah. growing up as a kid, which was effective. I, I, I like you know I actually liked that stuff but at the same time when you're playing it like a second time you're just hunting for like a save file that starts after all of that stuff so like this game it's crazy how fast it starts you're just you like load it up and there's like a three minute thing and then the bomb falls and then you get out of the vault in like three minutes after that it's and like then 10 it, 15 minutes I would yeah guess. I guess it depends it's really fast feels like three minutes it <laughs> yeah feels like they um just decided to just and then and then yeah like the the, the vault armor or the power armor um, being something that happens in the first five minutes is weird. It's like great. It's like, like it feels like they definitely just wasn't five minutes for me, but oh, you, you might just play this game faster than I do. I think I just ran to the first thing, yeah. completed it very quickly, and then sorry, as a non Fallout then... person, is power armor the box art armor? Yeah. Yes. It's, okay. It's, it's it's the trailer Fallout guy armor, right? Yeah. Okay. It's so you, Mr. Fallout. Yeah. You armor. just you yeah. just turn into the into Fallout guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, in this game, it's like a, um, it's more of a vehicle kind of a thing in yeah, a weird you, way. Like you, yeah. you actually like strap into it, it becomes your, your actual. Like in in past games, it was just like an armor. You know, so now it's like the could, Iron Man suit, or now something it's like where it sort suit. of it yeah. breaks open yeah. and you can get yeah, out of it. Exactly, like, yeah. And you can you can like swap out component parts <clears throat> of it. Then it makes sense they'd give it to you so early if it's sort of like yeah, that's yeah. exactly. It kind of feels like if it's like it's a modular thing, you're thing, you're like a modal device throughout the game. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I'm glad that they made those decisions because it, it feels like, um, you know, I don't know. This is the kind of, these are the sorts of games where I'll, I'll play it for 10 hours and then stop and then come back you yeah, know, a expect, month from now, play it again, thing. do another playthrough. And like each time 
you know, it seems like they're just throwing all the stuff that you need to just kind of like start the sandbox version of it um, at you in the first, you know, 10, yeah. 15 minutes, which is nice. In 15 minutes, you can have the power armor and you can have completely deconstructed the town that you start playing in. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It is, it is Yeah. God, Bethesda games are so weird. It's weird that you can just walk around that town and just, like, there's a ruined house and you click on it and then it just disappears and turns into, like, weird comp- crafting components. I don't know. It's it's funny. Yeah, I it's, don't... Somebody mentioned that it's just, like, as these games become more and more robust with these sorts of systems, they just become in, inherently, like, even more strange and goofy, which is I'm fine with. But yeah, like, yeah, me too. I mean, I, I wonder... It is funny. I, I don't know. Can you speak to this at all? Like, what... Do you know what the, I can just imagine having, I don't know, having worked on games, I can just imagine what a weird nightmare and probably like source of kind of philosophical arguments on the team it is in terms of how to maintain like critical path completion of the game when you allow the player to like kill NPCs and so then you have to make some of them invincible or Mm -hmm. you have to have alternate ways to complete quests and like I imagine there have to be a lot of cases where people just have like really strong disagreements about sort of maintaining the integrity of the simulation versus mm. maintaining the um like the integrity story of campaign the, of the sort yeah. of like written story yeah mm-hmm. but the game obviously has to be completable no matter what I assume yeah. Um, yeah, I assume no, I mean, it's not it considered acceptable. Turns to, out you yeah. dismantled well, the final I mean, building mm. and melted it down and <laughs> built a basketball court. Uh, and, but uh, and then you couldn't get your crit path objective. But then you sunk the winning shot. <laughs> it knows you won your the own thing, game. You, the thing you craft, it knows that it was made out of an end game object. So whenever you do its use, you get the closing credits. <laughs> um, the the breaking things down and crafting thing thing. Like I've I've only been paying as much attention to this game as to know that it has that and like the trailers keep like cheekily mm. showing it by like doing a time lapse as a thing it's built. How how many things can actually get broken down and what is how elaborate a thing can you reconstruct out of it? Like does it actually well, So do, do you just again build things that are like can you destroy three houses to build one slightly nicer prefabricated house or is it actually like build uh foundational posts and affix walls to them and floors like it's foundational prefabs so like the um uh but yeah you can rip everything down it's surprising how much stuff just breaks down completely like there are entire like foundations that you can just clean off the the house and everything they built their they built the majority of the sets out of parts that you can then dismantle (laughs) one at a time or is it like you press a button and it just says demolish this entire building and, and it has its craftable properties get given to you like uh, you just no, take siding off of a wall of a house and it's then leave actually, the rest of the house? It's actually both. So there okay. are some that are just like ruined houses. They're just one giant like prefab, you know, with just like junk everywhere. And that you can just clear off in a, in a button press. But then there are also houses that are um, that have a, you know, actual like, wall, you know, solid walls that you can go in and just clean out every single object that they've placed in there, um, which can take a long time. So, and then. Okay. At that point, though, I don't think you can get rid of those walls, though. So it's like a it's a difference between you know killing the whole house in one go or you know kind of like filling a, an existing house. Okay. And it's also the way it works is that um, the camps uh, you can do this in any like settlement area that they've designated, and each um, settlement has like a radius around it, and then past that radius you can't um, 
collect. Yeah. You can't break anything down. So yeah, most like a, of the world like a bubble like a, that shows yeah. okay. up when you're in that yeah. mode. That you and can is that build the same for of. building new things? You have to find an existing foundation or something. Yeah, you have to build it on a place that supports it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what are the odds that the first mod for this game, unless it's an item in the game, is basically just an always-on Luigi's yeah. Mansion vacuum, where just you could just walk <laughs> through town and you have your own bubble radius that just pulls everything into you? So you just are this horrible hell force that goes is into it, settlements and strips them bare. Is yeah. it based on the? I don't know, like what the underlying system that I, I don't know what the mod officially supported mod capabilities of these games are because I've never really done much with mods for them. Would it be possible to ship a mod that just pre-strips the entire world just like wasteland of a wasteland that just everything that in the in the stock game anything in the game that can be disassembled has been yeah. and so you have the emptiest world that is possible but all of the resources that are gained from having done I'm that sure that's possible i mean the, you know the way this is this works is really simple you, you just you know, like the creation engine has a. I mean, it's not simple, but like you can put it, you can put engine, a blob of content that, lo- that top loads and overrides any element of the game, right? Isn't that generally yeah. how their thing works? Where you yeah. sort of sideload content that just supersedes base content at whatever file level you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you you load like their DLC is essentially a mod, right? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that's possible. I'm sure people are going to do crazy things with it. There was not. I mean. What'll be interesting is that I'm sure one of the reasons that these settlements have a radius is due to technical limitations. Like, I'm sure they didn't want you, well, technical or maybe just aesthetic. Maybe they didn't want people running around, like, clearing the entire world, but probably also technical. Because I know that um, each settlement has its own resource pool. You also don't need to build the rest of the world out of scrappable... Uh, crafting system parts if they exist if the bubble doesn't you know right. like you don't yeah. need to worry about people being mad that they can't take the piece of rubble on the freeway right I will just be interested to see if people until that try the to surface like, goes boop yep, yeah they just they just make it the entire world and then the system just collapses because it was never intended yeah. to do that it'll be I'm I'm very curious to see what the mods will be but. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll start with just increasing the number of of things you can build because um, I don't know. It it is pretty. It's it's fairly robust, but I'm sure people will take it to the nth degree and make it a wacky thing. Sideload the entirety of the San Andreas yeah, world map. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what? This is this is totally unrelated to the the crafting stuff. But I had a weird experience playing this game because the entire first day of my playing it, um, I guess I must have missed the part where they they explain the VATS system. Mm. And so I just was playing the game entirely as a real-time first-person shooter. Yeah. And I was like, man, what a crazy choice that they yeah. they just decided to, like, yep, it's just, it's just a full-on action game now. And you just... Because it was hard. I'm, like, fighting these fucking bugs and shit, and they're <laughs> up in my face. And I'm like, hey, this is crazy. Like, if I wasn't, yeah. like, a... I, I mean, I'm playing this game on PC, and I'm like, man, if I if I weren't accustomed to playing shooters on pc and like had pretty good facility with it this would seem really intense for uh you know something that's sort of effectively trying to be an rpg uh, i mean when i say trying to be i mean sort of splitting the difference between right action game and rpg um and then yesterday my second day of playing it uh which by the way is why this podcast is a day late we wanted to have um time actually playing this game so we could talk about it but uh i just went into the controls menu and it was like that's q I said, yeah. oh, it is just totally in this game. It's just entirely still a part of this game, and I just missed it somehow. Yep. I have no idea when they explained it. I did the same thing. Really? So I don't know. I don't think they ever actually do That's funny. explain I think, it. I think well, how do you? I think Sean, who 
I maybe we can get I hope it's on next week to talk about this because he's been playing a ton of it too. But I think his experience was the same where he played the beginning of the game and did all the things he thought he was supposed to do and just didn't know anything. Like you you can walk past huge swaths of story setup, you can walk past learning how the combat system works. It's a surprising choice. Like yeah. I haven't played this game yet, but everyone I talked to who has played it is like, I feel like I missed something in the first twenty minutes of this game and it's like I think it's literally that they just didn't do that stuff. I mean, they, there's no... I don't think there's like so a combat I, tutorial outside well, of the one quest where you follow the robot around and he kills stuff for you, but that's... No, I don't know. When I was in the vault, uh, sort of leaving the vault, I definitely got a tutorial for like um, click to punch a guy and like a bug flew at me and I punched it. And then I got another one for like press alt to do a melee attack if you're already holding a weapon. Although maybe that only came up because I found a pistol and picked it up. Oh, yes. Yeah, I don't think I got that pistol. Yeah. And so I don't think I got that destruction. But it, it's surprising that it didn't then throw an enemy at you that would really benefit from going into vats. It yeah, I don't didn't. know why it never gave me vats. I don't know where where the trigger for that is that I missed. Or maybe it doesn't. That would be weird, though. That would be so weird. You know, because I, I, recently... had, to fight, I had to fight a fucking death claw without vats. I, and that well, was, you that had was vats brutal. all along, Chris, and this is your fault. Well, I know, but I mean, <laughs> I'm saying that the game like gave, put me up against what in what in Fallout Three is like one of the you yeah. know like the toughest enemies to deal with. But you fight it really early in this game because you have power armor. Um, but with you know without that system, it still felt really overwhelming. And I eventually like I so I died the first time I fought it because it just ran up to me and clawed the shit out of me. And then the second time I just stayed on the roof where I started and just shot it forever until it That's actually died. doesn't really help that fight much, which is weird. I thought it did, but it doesn't. Oh, but it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Then. Um, cause I, I died several times, but, um, uh, I, you know, weirdly enough, I don't think they bothered to explain vats much in fallout three either. Like I played that game. I played the opening of that game a couple months ago. Um, well, they must have explained they... it more than some because that was the first game that it was in. Yeah. And I, I knew that it was in it. Yeah. Whereas this game, I just assumed it was gone for a day. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't watch any trailers for anything or the, for this game. And so I it was just like, all right, it's coming out. And then it's out. And I knew I was going to play it anyway. So I didn't, Yeah, you know. Oh, that meant I also had no idea any of that crafting stuff was in there because I didn't watch any of those trailers. So I can't. I remember going to that first uh, gas station and just sort of my just like successive tears of my mind being blown as I kept getting deeper into those menus and being like, what the hell do they mean build walls and roof? Like, wh- <laughs> what? Like, I thought I was going to like build a, a silencer for my pistol. Like, yeah. also a house. Yeah. yeah. It turns out Minecraft shipped in yeah, between I know. Yeah. Fall, the yeah. Fallouts 3 and 4. <laughs> Is that true? I guess that uh, yeah. I guess it did ship. Yeah. yeah. I mean, was Minecraft in alpha when we started this podcast in 2008? I think it was 2009 when Minecraft Maybe it was, 2009. was introduced. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Why why weren't we ever acquired for 2 billion dollars? We talked about Minecraft. Minecraft and Fallout. That's true. <laughs> there's no there's no way to actually talk about this, but like the 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 character creation um did you mess around with that at all? Like did you delve into the the sort of like weird I had that experience where um I kind of started to, and then I realized anything I did was going to make a character way uglier than so any of the defaults. It's I'm crazy. Like, I guess I'll just use basically a few so that's true. on the default. The, the crazy thing to me is that how much stuff they made to make your character ugly. Like, <laughs> the ugly spectrum is like 90% of character creation. Like, their whole, like, 
like 30 item lists of just like scars and blemishes and just yeah like that was crazy. true actually, yeah like i was i um was making a female character and i was cycling through that list and you can just layer like bruises all over her face it's weird yeah like, I know. So yeah that crazy. was weird when i was going through the blemishes and i'm yeah. and obviously like and then every time you every time you select one the guy in the background who is your husband just goes like man you're as beautiful as the first time i, I met know you. and it's like man, oh, you no. never, never like, look better honey here like yeah. <laughs> you've never boy i just i love you so much goodbye yeah, like, <laughs> like, meanwhile like black eyes bruises yeah. they must yeah. be using the same system that they use to make a whole they're just like the sad rest of humanity oh yeah this, right like all npcs oh, yeah, must i'm sure, just I'm be, sure. That, that's very values. common for games as well oh yeah yeah, like, yeah but uh, in this case it means you, you can upon, just ruin your person yeah. so funny you the just best the, is when the, you come <laughs> upon npcs who have your exact hairstyle I, always cry. I mean, I, I haven't yes. encountered that in this particular yeah. game yet, but definitely in video games. You always wish that the game would just have the two characters go, nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I wonder if you could make... I wonder how... That's flo- the mod. That's the mod, for sure. If you see right. someone who has, like, just a little 30% in, <laughs> like, a certain... Yeah, yeah like, the yeah. more they have in common right. with you, the more that you characters just sort of give, like, knowing glances as you walk by each <laughs> yeah. other, just like... Yeah, we both drive a CRV. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the, the nod. Yeah. yeah. The, it's the yeah. It's the Prius nod. Yeah. Uh, but for for vault armor for for power armor. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird. Anyway, now we someone made a, a really impressive Beavis and Butthead because they have the the two characters in the character creator. Oh scene. man. Yeah. Oh my god. With the big jutted chin and everything. Yeah, that's, really that's pretty good. Anyway, the, basically the first week after any new Bethesda game is oh, out is essentially just like <laughs> that just stupid oblivion fucking, like, character crazy gallery of, oh, of, of madness on Twitter as people post their the oh wait that, what? Uh, the uh, oblivion character that looks like a weird nightmare clown with the, like the <laughs> yeah. yellow hair and like with oh. the axe and the just, dozens of murdered corpses yeah like I can see that guy perfectly I, I don't always remember like what my loved ones hair. look like in real life but I can see that guy <laughs> perfectly in my mind's yeah. eye that like <laughs> 2006 yeah yeah <laughs> yep that's pretty good yep. happy 10 year anniversary of yeah. weird oblivion <laughs> murderer clown <laughs> God, I, every every maybe two years, I think of that picture, and then I have to spend a bunch of time tracking it down. It's, it's hard to find. Impossible to find. It's really hard to find. What do you Google? Your, set it as your pinned tweet, Chris. I don't know if I've ever tweeted it. Maybe I have. Well, you fix that. I will. Yeah, yeah. if I can find it, I will. Oblivion clown man. Yep. Video game. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace, a service that makes it incredibly fast and easy to make your own beautiful and responsive website, portfolio, blog, or online store. Uh, this week, we got an email from Idle Thumbs listener Zachary Dans, who writes in saying, Dear Thumbs, I'm currently a second-year student at the University of Virginia studying computer science, and while I know a fair bit of HTML and CSS, I decided to use Squarespace to make my website, and it's tremendously easy. Uh, The URL is zachdans.com. That is Zach, Z-A-C-H, Dans, D-A-N-Z.com. And I went to this website, and it it is really nice. It's a beautiful little website that has his... Uh, information about him and work that he's done, and uh, it's got a nice kind of little expanding menu. Oh, I love on mobile. Yeah, it's very yeah. very pretty, but but fast and snappy. What you want? Yeah. Yep. It's got now features for helicopter dot helicopter. 
That's true. Man, by the way, uh, like I said earlier, if you want a free domain, uh, you can sign up for a year at Squarespace. Use the promo code THUMBS for 10% off. But if you get a year, you will also get a free domain. Oh, wow. So you will get everything you need to get your whole website going, started, uh, whether it's just for you, whether it is for a small business or whether it is for a family member who can't figure out how to do this stuff, um, point them over to Squarespace. It's like the easiest thing ever. And you can sign up without a credit card required. Uh, Yes, which is very nice. So squarespace.com and the promo code thumbs for 10% off and a free domain if you get a year of it. Thanks, Squarespace. Video game. Nick, whenever whenever you're feeling down, think about helicopters.helicopter. <laughs> and think about going to that website, up. and for some reason it just has a button that when you press it, the Zodiac Killer says goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> what? I don't know. For some reason, Nick and I have become mutually, uh, I guess, conversant in the language of just saying goodbye like the Zodiac Killer over and over again. Remember that time when he you called know, in on that movie Zodiac and said <laughs> goodbye? I basically remember, yeah. I mean, I love that movie. Remember when the Zodiac said you eat him? <laughs> Man, I hope that again, that line gets a call back in the new Star Wars movie. Hope J.J. Abrams... Hope he calls back to Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> no, I hope he calls back to Han Solo remarking that you eat him. Classic, <laughs> classic line. That's actually, hopefully he does, because that will be the test if Harrison Ford can actually emote and do anything. That's like, true. That was <laughs> a screen just test. Like, you, you eat him. You, you, you what do you, what do, you do with dates? You eat him. I mean, he'll still tell me what you do. He would still say, you uh, eat him. In Star Wars Land, they're called dates. Oh, Is it apostrophe? <laughs> dats. Dats. They're called dots, Nick. Datums. He says, we got oh, dots he here. You eat him. <laughs> He's back. He's got the energy. <laughs> dots. <laughs> This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Harry's. Harry's will send you razors and shaving equipment right to your door for an incredibly fair price and very high quality. Uh, For only $15, you can get a razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades. But get this if you use the promo code THUMBS, $5 off of that, that is ridiculous. That makes it $10. I think I will get that. You should. Uh, you should go to harrys.com, that is H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and enter the coupon code THUMBS at checkout for $5 off. That's $5 off anything, but if you apply it to that deal, that's like the primo strategy um, for, you know saving those bucks nice. take it from me harry <laughs> you're like the least yeah i know <laughs> person for that to be your name oh take well, it you got me. that beard though you could shave that off yeah <laughs> take it from me bald guy with gross beard <laughs> um i have though personally used harry's shaving products um and i like them a lot i have a uh, the whole sort of kit that i got um and i've ordered a couple uh razor refills they are affordable they come to your door fast harrys.com and don't forget the coupon code thumbs at checkout for five dollars off good really good diction on that domain name harrys.com i'm all about that i'm all about that diction Mm. you know like they say dot com (laughs) goodbye 
Thanks, Harry's. <laughs> Video games. So I guess we're digging Fallout 4. Yeah. I've been playing another game about which I am much less uh, positive. Oh, no. But which has a grip on me that I hate. Hmm. Uh, this game was introduced into my life by an Idle Thumbs reader who just at replied me on Twitter, and I don't remember who it is, but I sure wish they hadn't done this, <laughs> which was to let me know that there is a tie-in game to Anno 2070. Anno 2070? 2205. 2205. 2205. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Anno 2205 Asteroid Miner. Hmm. And this shit is the most free-to-play fucking free-to-play that I've ever played. I'm sure that there's like, I'm sure people who have played all the free to plays yeah. can come up with some more exploitative free to plays, but like, Oh my God, as someone who doesn't play those games, this one has like made me understand why they're successful. It has made me understand why people like get sucked into this shit and spend a bunch of money on it. And two has confirmed all of my like worst fears. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. it, I, I definitely, it has not left me going, Oh, I understand why people like it. And it's like totally a valid, cool thing. No, I think it's terrible. Like, I think it's actually really bad. So this is a match color game. It's not a, it's, you can, <laughs> yeah, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> like all these games are, you know, you match colors on a grid. Um, <laughs> is that, I don't know. Is that, not, I don't know. I don't know. What are video true? games? What is the, what is the grandma, <laughs> you match colors. That's all of them. <laughs> I can't tell if you're saying I'm being too vague or you just don't know what I'm saying. No, I actually don't know what you're saying. I think you're being too, where you're like, it's not a match three, it's a match color. I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'm already lost in in your free to play uh, lingo. You're already, you're you're too far gone (laughs) down the. I'm sure that's not official lingo, but uh, (laughs) all I meant is that you don't have to only match three. I mean, you can match more than three, Um... but it's. You, you, oh, you, it's like a chaining game. Okay, yes. <laughs> no, is, I don't even know that's. That's not what it is. Okay, either. but that, but that is nonetheless that is a better. Descri- it's a color chaining game. Would actually better describe it because that is what it's you're a doing. match color chaining game. Yep. <laughs> Dick Cheney's match How many color ca- chaining game. <laughs> is it an infinite chainer or like a chain six chaining game? You can chain as many as there are like colors. Adjacent or diagonal to one another. So yeah. it's an infinite color match chaining game. That's the official genre. Yes. Jay. Yeah, I heard about that at a conference. Like there were two guys walking by me at my uh, outside of Moscone Center one time when I was going <laughs> to get a burrito, and that's what they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Were they talking about uh, monetizing impressions or arp poos? I I don't know. They looked rich and they were making like a jerk off motion with their hands. So. Um, so this game, the conceit of the game is that you, I guess you're like managing asteroid mining operations in the world of Anno 2205 and you can, you can actually link the game to your Uplay account and then send the resources you collect in it back to your PC game. Yeah. Uh, gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross. And, um, the thing that makes it exploitative and weird is that it's a free game, you know, it was free to play, like I said. Um, and I think a lot of these games work this way, but again, this is sort of not <clears> something that I've ever, I've sort of always avoided games like this. And this one I only got because of the reason I imagine they want me to, which is that it had the name on it of another thing that I like. Yeah. And so shitty consumer that I am, I just fucking clicked it. You didn't get and it just to boost your asteroid. I didn't points. know that was a thing until I already had it installed. But anyway, so 
you 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 know you're you get you're given an asteroid that is um you're presented with an asteroid and it has some mission which is like you usually have to sort of just mine through the entire asteroid thus oh it's just like bejeweled or something you are given objectives that require you to do all number of things like destroy x number of like specific color of gems or whatever resources whatever these things are um or like you have to blow up these like bomb apparatus that require you to destroy like three things next to them like whatever you get different things you have to do but they seem they seem very clearly designed to basically require you the farther you get into the game the more you basically have to just luck out in order to actually complete the objectives you know like it's you mm-hmm. get to a point in the game where it becomes almost impossible to complete a level without either really lucking out in terms of just what the sort of random drops are or spending diamonds to like extend how many turns you get or use Mm, special items. And guess what? Diamonds can be accrued like painstakingly slowly in the game, or you can just buy them. Not only that though, in order to even play the game at all, you have to spend energy. And once your energy depletes, you have to either wait However long yeah. it takes for the energy to one point by one point um, accrue yeah. back again, or you pay more money to do that. So there's two different ways this is, this, that, that the game is trying to those, milk money. Those two axes are are how most of them work. But I've never You've never fully gone yeah. into the. Also, the ones that I madness. have played, like Alpha Bear, has some of this, right? But that was one where I could just sort of ignore all that stuff and just play the game so, with fewer bonuses, <clears throat> and I just kind of this game you cannot ignore it. You have to just stop playing the game for long periods of time. Or you have to pay up. And, like, I have bought four fucking $2 things. Uh-oh. It's like, yeah, it's so, gross. I, it's now been several days since I bought anything. Once I realized that I had spent $8 on this thing, which is, like, w- weird to think about. Because if I go, if you go back several years, the kind of game that this is used to be called casual games. And it was 20 bucks, And they were 20 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't so much object so, to, like, the money that I've spent but I really object to how grossly it makes me expend that money. That it's really, I feel so gross. And so I had to just sort of forcibly tell myself, like, I'm not going to spend any more money on this. Not because I like think that they shouldn't be paid for this game, but because the way in which I feel compelled to pay for it, it just feels so incredibly um, just regressive and disgusting. And I, it's fucking weird. So on that note, I have a World of Warships update. Oh, man. Oh, uh, I have to say one real quick thing about, about Anno 2205. Last week and every time we talk about Anno, we talk about how they should make Anno 2007. I really now wish that Anno 2007 existed and had a 1995 uh, <laughs> casual tie-in game. It was like a f- made, in, <laughs> made in Flash. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And it is just the game that someone in the world of Anno 2007 yeah. is playing, right. and it does nothing yep. other than that. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. You mean $19.95? Yes. I you meant the year in No, no, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, you get, like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And a, di- a diner dash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a diner dash Big game. fish game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, a total Big Fish or Yahoo Games portal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Anno 2007 tie-in game. Yeah. That's yeah. all. It'd be so much healthier. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I was playing World of Warships, and I think the last time I talked about this game, I commented how... Um, on on how uh, less egregious the uh, free to play stuff was than I expected it to be. Um, 
since then, however, uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster because um, I'm not playing it um, as of like today, but I played it for a straight month pretty pretty regularly, and um, I ended up spending, gosh, I don't know, way more than Should I would guess. I, than Chris I, and I try to guess. Th- you could. <laughs> I don't know the actual figure because $20? it's in like gold doubloons or whatever. Uh, no, it- uh, probably the price of like if they had just sold the game at this point, like sixty dollars. Like probably probably more like fifty. Yeah, somewhere in there. So right. if they sold so the game, and what ended up happening here was that you became hmm. good at the game and put enough time into it that you found the places where they no- like. I mean, is, so it makes like- me appreciate it more. Hearing this story, though, be, realizing what they could have done, which is right. the sort of like we're restricting you from actually playing the game version. Mm-hmm. Um, what ends up happening is just that at a certain point, the, um, y- you know, like the curve on progressing just, you know, starts to flatten out and it just takes forever to, or rather it doesn't flatten out. It just like shoots up. So it just takes forever to get to the next thing, um, which, you know, you could just continue doing that and playing the game mm-hmm. and it doesn't penalize you or anything or you can just speed it up by 2x and pay a certain amount of dollars to make that happen for like i don't know however many days it's good for or whatever mm-hmm. and i kind of like resented the fact that i was spending money on this thing up until the point that i realized that i was only going to do it in for about as long as it would cost to actually purchase the game and then i was kind of fine with it like once i realized like I put a num- like so many hours into this game, more hours than most other games that I would buy today anyway. Right. Uh, I just sort of became fine with it. And now, you know, I got my enjoyment out of it and it's fine. You know what I mean? And so like, eh, like that Meaning version what, of you're done or what? Is, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty much done. But that version of, of like, eh, you know, we're, we're probably, we're going to, we're going to like basically hook you enough to then extract the dollars that we would have normally just charged you up front. Yeah. I'm kind of fine with that. I think that, you know, obviously it can get out of hand, but <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, as long as you restrain yourself. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm, right I'm definitely it. ambivalent, right? Because as yeah. you say, you can definitely look at it from the standpoint of, all right, I've ended up spending as much, maybe a little more, maybe a little less than I otherwise would have if this were sold more traditionally. Yeah. But on the other hand, it does. It just seems so much more intended to be abused. Yeah. Than than that. Like, oh no, I, I there are people the who are you're talking being about, abused like, by it. Yeah. But you know, but it seems like it wants those people to. You know, like it. It's. I mean, obviously, in a capitalistic system, like everyone wants someone else to part with their money and give. Like, I, everyone wants that. But you can definitely create systems that that allow a much more abusable version of yeah. it. So I think this now it, al- it allows the rationalizers who have some self-control to go, oh, you know, I spent about as much as I would have paid, but it also allows the people who do not have those faculties and who will just pour infinite money into the game to do that. Yeah, it made me, when I was playing this game, it made me think of someone... Right? No? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I, so. It depends on the game. I'm definitely much more conflicted about it in the case of games <clears throat> like this one that I was playing. Yeah. Only because no, that's, I... That's a different... Like, the thing that, that makes me feel weird about it is imagining someone who really only plays games that are like this and then therefore doesn't have a frame of reference for why for that for the fact that this is like one specific way that games are you know marketed and sold and designed is instead of like i i feel like when i play this i'm coming to it with you know i can have these like very complicated kind of reactions to it because i've sp- played so many other games that aren't like that so i sort of see 
the, the, the places where I understand why it works like that. And then I see the places where I'm like, I know that it doesn't have to be like this because I have so much familiarity with so many other games that, that get around that don't, that don't do this stuff um, and make compelling games that are uh, good. And I, maybe, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm not giving enough credit to the people who play these games. It's entirely possible, but it definitely feels like there's a potential for people to sort of grow up with games like this and just internalize this as a way games are paid for and not maybe and, and like develop uh, bad behavior. That's there are so many different payment models out there reward right now, bad behavior. Yeah, there, there are so many different people, types of people who play games are so many <clears throat> different player models. Like I, I, I think that is really well put and it's a concern that I have. Um, and it's like, it's a thing that's impossible to know. I only yeah. have one anecdotal story, which I have shared before on this podcast, which was waiting in line for an airplane and hearing the two guys behind me talking about, I think it was oh, right. about Need for Speed, I think. No, it was like... Uh, oh, no, it was like Real Racing. Real Racing. I think, or one of those one of those iOS, like, super nice-looking racing games, and the most recent version of it that came out had an energy system and had cooldowns and had all of these things. And then the two guys, and the guy was like, oh, you should just play uh, Real Racing 4 doesn't have any of that shit it costs like a dollar and the guy was like oh what wow cool great and like they just yeah they that only meet. works in a transitionary market though where yes. the the old one that's a dollar still exists yes well, that is that is true but true but but also i mean competition always exists right like somebody if somebody's making clash of clans and it's it turns into like a really exploitative thing somebody's just gonna make the thing that is that but also isn't is exploitative, that actually right? true yeah i don't know if that's true because clash of clans makes infinite money in a way that the other one is not like, why going do you to. but i, I don't I, then i would assume that that's not like an absurdly, you know, excessively why? Free I mean, game. gambling exists and is incredibly like. What's the yeah. what's these like? If if what you say is true, then what is the like version of that? That yeah, this, I mean, those games have not. I mean, like, I mean that that maybe is a bad example, but those games have not like had the lasting, uh, uh, you know, success that those companies have wanted. I mean, like, no single company does manage to exist forever in this space yet because it is trends like because there are trends but it's like casual game to facebook game to mobile game to pervasive weird uh it seems like these things are getting increasingly nebulous now that a lot of os's are homogenizing and storefronts are 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 sort of like becoming cross-platform but i feel like the attitude and style of of monetization that basically feels like what if we can take the linear progress that you the satisfaction of linear progress in a video game and bolt a slot machine onto it that seems like it's that has now been around for a decade even though it's jumped from company to company to company that general attitude exists and like i mean that's kind of what gaming started with Mm, kind of, but not not I mean, really. I mean, kind of linear progress at an arcade machine. Is yeah, I mean, arc- put another right. quarter arc- in. Arcade, and like, arcade machine skill, like skill that, ramps. That was like the first twenty years of gaming was just all like continue to spend money to play three minutes of this game. But if you well, eventually become of. amazing at Pac-Man, you can fucking crush Pac-Man on one quarter in a very short period of time. You can't do that with these games because they literally stop you. Well, these these games also aren't designed, well. The design, clock runs not all out. Of them do, but yeah. The ones that make the most money do the most the most egregious ones. My yeah. concern is just generally that it seems predatory. I mean, I'm concerned about like I, this is not high on my list of like global concerns, but I mean, I'm concerned about things that don't personally affect me if they seem 
predatory or harmful, like just in the world. And this this is, again, like a pretty low level version of that relative to a lot of things. But it still just seems like kind of a bummer. Like, I'm just yeah. not I'm not thrilled about it. It's like, definitely gross. I'm not like I'm not worried that it's going to infect Fallout 4 and I'm going to be doing this next week. Like, that's not my concern. Um, it just, it just, it was, I only bring Wait it up. That mod. It, <laughs> I only bring it up cause it was a, just like a weird experience to have and realize that I'd fallen into this pit that I, that I sort of like was aware of, but hadn't personally experienced before. Mm. And it just made me feel very strange and yep. just like uncomfortable about what a widespread practice it's become. And I, I, I'm sure that I am myself being a weird, just fucking old person by saying all these things. So if any listeners have any, um, opinions about like people doing, really good work in this model or, or, you know, whatever else, like, please feel free to send it into questions at idlethumbs.net. That seems like the end of that. Although you have to be, I mean, you got to say you're probably pretty happy with the state of your asteroid mining operation after putting all this time and money into that game. I'm not because it's still just like nothing changes. It just keeps going on forever. Like the infinite plate of pasta. You know what I mean? No matter how much time and money I dump into it, it seems like I'm just always just in the middle of a million. But asteroids. that means you have an you have an anno twenty two oh five world full of like crazy a, ingested yeah, that's pasta. True. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. I was referring to you have to be happy about your rich planet now that you've yeah, given them eight dollars pasta poo. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, there's that's that. You guys want to do some reader mail, or does anyone else have any games they wanted to mention? We should we should see what people have written in about, to us about. Oh man, well here on this topic. Uh, Greg Sheehan writes, Hey guys, love the show a lot. Sharing a random thought. If Bethesda created a $5 microtransaction in Fallout 4 that would remove your carry weight limit, they'd make a mint. I personally would be clicking the buy button even before I got through my exclamations of disgust and outrage. Paid mods. Yeah, I was going to say. Ready for that to be a fucking. Oh man, are paid mods coming no, back? No, 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 no. I just mean someone will surely make a free mod about that. Right, but that reminded right? me because wasn't. There was a paid mod marketplace for Skyrim for Skyrim for a minute, and then everyone lost their fucking mind. But I imagined that was the attempt to sort of lay the tracks for what would be a paid marketplace for Fallout 4. How could it not be? Man, weight carry limits are my fucking bane in these games. It's really good. That, like, I don't object to them being in the game from a design standpoint because it makes total sense that you can't carry When, when you're encumbered, shit, do you move super slow? Yes, you so do. So do you play Fallout 4 as just like a fat waddler the whole time because you're just fully I, encumbered? <laughs> I, I but no, because your favorite thing is to move fast in video games. So yeah. you're just the saddest. Yeah, it's torture for me. So often what will end up happening is I will just waddle towards the nearest um, settlement and then dump all my shit in like a trash can oh. or something where I know it'll stay. Um, right? Because the things are all persistent forever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Your home barrel. Yeah, exactly. Sarah was sort of watching me play this game yesterday and she actually played um, Fallout 3, I think. And she was like, oh, it's, it would be so interesting if, um, if NPCs just came and like, just picked up stuff that you've dropped and like carried things off. And, uh, and I'm like, oh man, I bet there's a million forum people who have complained about that not happening. That's the fucking mod. You need your little helper, uh, your home barrel or basically a robot that'll go and then you can just dump all of your shit on it and it'll just fly it away. You can kind of do that with your dog kind of. Yeah. What if your dog gets encumbered and it starts like panting? (laughs) But then I just started Your thinking, dog needs a robot. I started thinking about all of like what if this entire world were simulated and all the NPCs were like doing everything in real time and like traversing around the world and collecting things that they find like man what a disaster like 
<laughs> that would be so enjoyable. You start building a house, and the guy's like, oh, I could, I could scrap I could this just, for my just, crafting yeah, goal exactly. that I, an NPC, yeah, yeah. need to build a wall. Yeah. This is a nice wall. Man, my speaking wall. of this, actually, um, so Nick, I don't know if you were, if you ever were aware of what Chris Avalon's apparent concept for at least part of this game was, which is that, you know, he sort of had this notion that in uh, an RPG, you often have this big, you know, sort of like boss figure, not just RPGs, but, you know, a lot of games have like a, you know, big climactic battle and often it's very underwhelming. And he was thinking, what is actually the most like powerful force in any given RPG world? It's not any one enemy. It's like the player or the player party that is marauding around this world, like capable of destroying anything because they have to be in order to beat the game. So his idea was that there would be another like player party that is the, your enemy in the game that is also roaming around the world, like doing things to the world and you have encounters with them and fight them. And like, they are messing with stuff and like to, in the same way that you are. Mm. Um, and that was such an interesting, like cool idea. And I, I'm sure there'd be a million difficulties, you know, design wise and actually creating something like that. But it was a, re- it was a really interesting concept that I like the idea of. Yeah, it's cool. I had never heard about that before. Um, we have another email from Brian Laframboise who writes in with some, some robot news. It's been a while since we've had any robot news. Sweet. Yeah. He, uh, did you guys see this? Have you guys seen Facebook M? No, no, this is fucking weird. I don't know. This must be in like some kind of closed beta or something. Maybe it's an open beta. I don't know. Facebook has launched a service called M that purports to be essentially an AI personal assistant where you can like just ask it to do whatever, like organize this party for me or like, Oh, I want some like just food. Like, I don't know what restaurant, but like, it's gotta be like this and I want it in three hours and like blah, blah, blah. blah and it'll do it for you. Um, and what it appears to actually be is just people doing all this stuff and typing back to you in a real time chat interface and then just doing all this shit like on the phone themselves i mean they're basically just being like your your butler um but the weird thing is they're sort of like they play it as though they're computers themselves and uh brian laframboise writes um he links this he links an article on medium and the title of the article is facebook m the anti-turing test the turing test sort of so you know is this theoretical thing obviously where if a robot can convince some number of people that it is in fact a real person, then it has passed this arbitrary test. And so he proposes the sort of anti-Turing test in dealing with Facebook M, which is, can you prove this like thing that claims to be a robot? Can you prove it is actually not a robot, but is in fact a human? And he has like chat logs that where he just like, it's basically like the, um, Samantha or whatever. Samantha, like there is a real person here, um, going on where he's, He's saying stuff like, are you a real person or an AI? And then it answers, I use artificial intelligence, but people train me. Um, like, which is such a hilarious sleight of hand where those are both technically accurate right. statements, um, but wildly misleading. There are hundreds of people in call centers who have to do these specific things. But did you know that over the years, call centers have taken on more and more tasks? For instance, a phone operator could be working for 15 companies at the same time. Why don't they work for every company? Facebook M. Like, that's got to be the pitch for this, right? Yeah. Like, all those chat tree companies, why contract only to 20 companies when they could just genericize the entire thing? 
It's weird. It reminds me of Amazon, uh, Amazon's Mechanical Turk. Yeah, it it is like Amazon's Mechanical Turk, but way more um, labor intensive. Well, Mechanical Turk is all labor as well, right? It's just right, but it's but it's very like predictable, small units of labor. It's like um, you know, it's like do this repetitive task of five hundred times, right? Whereas this is like I'm giving you a task that is totally unpredictable and could be anything. Like could require you to like there was crates. Some guy fucking ordered. Uh, two parrots to be delivered to his friend's office on his birthday and the the fucking facebook m had to find how to rent parrots and deliver them and like give the guy a quote and he's like could you actually talk them down from three hundred dollars to two hundred dollars and it did it like that that's crazy weird it's just a person who you're just how does it how, how do they pay like because, yeah, with Mechanical Turk, can't, don't you define it in work units where, like, this job is going to cost this many yeah, units? Yeah, you get, like, a fifth of a cent for each one or whatever. Right, like, but it's like, we estimate that renting you two parrots and talking the cost down $100 is approximately, like, what? How do they figure out how to, what to charge for this? I think they charge you cost, right? At least right now. Cost of what? Of whatever their services, like they don't, they don't have. They, they're the eating M's the labor like, fee. Yeah, at least right now they are. I mean, what? I don't know how. That's what I mean. I don't know how you scale this. Like, I don't know how you how people pay for it. Get me the president of the United States. Well, yeah, well, I want to talk to Obama. <laughs> Where's <laughs> Obama? Okay, Biden. <laughs> Fine, Biden. Yeah, they definitely sometimes just say I can't do that, or they try, and then they say, uh, like one of the ways the guy tried to prove it was a person was by asking them to like contract some company but then he just gave them his own cell phone number and then when he picked it up they immediately hung up and they're like it seems that you have given me a cell phone number uh, <laughs> well why didn't he just play as the company that he said you know i, was like, oh, I consolidated holdings i th- i think it was before he even said there anything. is a real person they- <laughs> here <laughs> um i think they had some way to know and then he eventually got them to call um his office because it used a landline and the uh the caller id on the office um, uh, speakerphone just said Facebook. Like it. Mm. it I wonder if they'll engage with fax Facebook. machines. If you're like, they, uh, can you just return this form or like they'll? So you have to do this thing where they'll <laughs> email you something. Can you fax it? Print it out and fax it. Yeah, or just like call this company. They're gonna fax you a form, and you have to fill it out <laughs> and fax it. But you have to sign it. God, you know what? There actually is a service that does that. Oh, there's a lot of services that do that do PDF faxing. No, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, oh, they'll a, sign a document. For yeah, you? there's a company that I saw recently that's like. Need to pay a ticket? Need to register a business? Need to do this? Like, we'll just download and print out all the paperwork and fill it out oh. for you. And oh, yeah. That, that, I almost um, used a company like that. Cities don't like those. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, well, there are, yeah. Like, when I was moving into our apartment, Chris, um, yeah. I had to uh, get, like, a like uh, no parking signs for the street. But I wasn't living in this city, so there was literally no way to get no parking to... signs? You were going to, what, falsify, like, No, no, city... no, the, like, the moving parking signs. The, oh, yeah, oh, right, okay. but you have to, like, physically go <laughs> to <on>, the... Um, but yeah, you have to physically go to the thing. So there's a service that will just like send a guy out there and like, yeah. you, know, you know, whatever, put the signs right. up and Get do everything. Permit, yeah. yeah. I'm sure cities hate that. I never did that. I just parked the truck for Yeah, no, I ended up hour. doing that. Yeah. Cities hate it. One weird trick. <laughs> One weird trick to disrupt your local city's bureaucracy. <laughs> um, so anyway, Facebook M is really weird. I don't really understand what... I don't yeah, so that the is the opposite of robot news. Let's also clarify that is. That's I mean, true. it's robot That's news. The reverse. Robot it's, the robots news. have one, and people are impersonating them. Well, now. this is the thing: is that so? What it made me think of is just that we're what, what a strange trajectory we're on now from go from like it feels like it is this stuff is all 
an increasing expression of class division. Um, like I'm not, I'm not putting forth any kind of like manifesto or thesis here because I don't feel informed enough to do so. But definitely when you look at all of the services that are springing up that basically exist entirely to allow like middle class or higher people to pay small amounts of money for less wealthy people to perform menial tasks for them. Yep. It's pretty fucking weird. I mean, like in it's in any one individual case, it doesn't seem that weird, but the aggregate of it, like the more of these services that exist are going to be really weird in total. I wonder if it's messaged the same way though. It's, it seems like so much of this stuff is like your life's just really hard and it's the same life as everyone else's life. So maybe you should just, you know, lighten your load by using one of these amazing services that makes your hard, normal life hard, as opposed to like leaning into either the luxury or, Mm, or the complete opposite, whatever that is, you know, like, yeah, well, you know, what's funny is that, so the United States traditionally, like mass marketing is always the former, right? Like mass marketing is always like, we're all the same. Everyone's middle-class basically is the sort of like sort of American standard marketing line. Um, but one of the funny things, so I, um, a thing that's been really weird about a hobby that I have started that I've gotten deep into over the last year, which is like gaming miles and points systems for travel purposes, um, uh, has been that I, as a result of that, despite not myself being wealthy, um, I have come into contact with a lot of like publications and resources that are explicitly intended and really only even possible to be aware of most of the time, unless you either intentionally seek them out or are wealthy and are thus marketed to, um, for these things. And it's fucking crazy how many things there are in this country. And I assume like any wealthy country that make absolutely no bones about being for rich fucking people only. And how, if you're the richest person, you're the most deserving of like, x or y product it's fucking weird it's really weird and like that shouldn't i I probably shouldn't be surprised by that but just like as someone who isn't actually like super wealthy like you 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 just don't encounter marketing like that very often because everything is like wants to make you feel like everyone's kind of the same that's well you you at best get the new money rich marketing which is you don't quite feel a hundred percent about the fact that you have all this money which is like right but As what's opposed crazy, to, you do feel yeah. 100% about what's the fact that you have is this when, money. Yeah, is when you start <laughs> yeah. to like get exposed to the old money marketing or the new but uber fucking super rich right. marketing, which is basically the same, um, which is just like – just here. here is just luxury for people who can afford to spend just tens or hundreds of thousands yeah, of dollars just at the drop of a hat. We all live in anything. San Francisco, which is suffocating under mostly – the new money kind, like this city is suffocating. Yeah, but 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 even then, when you're in San Francisco and you like, I don't know. Like I have a friend who's done really really well in advertising since we were in college together. And when he comes to the city, we go to bars that I would not go to with people I know who have <laughs> yeah, who have probably millions of dollars from tech startup stuff that that scare me. But they're like with this dude, it's like where where are we? This is a like. It's like going to fucking Harry Potter land, basically, where you're just like yeah. a wall opens up and there's a strange room. Anyway, yeah. robot news. This is what robot news is. Um, Facebook M, the, all that I was actually thinking about when it comes to robot news is maybe this is the thing that humanity needs. We need to be able to, to disguise ourselves as robots so well that Facebook M is actually going to just be a bunker 
So when robots are using uh, Facebook M for themselves to get things from other robots, we can all still manage to live and not be purged by existing inside. Uh, we all just become Facebook M operators. Yeah, and then we can all pack meat for each other to eat. Well, yeah. And those meatpacking plants that can't be roboticized. At least, at least the robots won't know that we are not robots. <laughs> <laughs> and that we true. won't be purged. Like, yeah. we'll just all work for Facebook M. Do you think the smart move there would then be to act like you're a robot trying to act like a person? Yes, exactly. So then you could be, yeah, there yeah, is yeah. a real person here. Be like, oh, that's just a uh, classic is, robot. One of oh, us Samantha. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you, you work in the Facebook M office and you are then, like, you do a perfect impression of a robot impersonating a person. Right. right, you're actually yeah. a, exactly. a person yeah. impersonating a robot impersonating a person. Mm-hmm. It's like Spy Party. True. It's just like Spy Party. Yeah. I mean, it is. That is basically what's Robots of is. the future are going to love Spy Party. <laughs> it, man, Spy Party would be really fucking hard if you were a computer AI. Would it? Maybe it wouldn't be. Because they can detect, like, micro-movements. Right, but I guess that's true. But <laughs> that's true. Spy Party bot versus bot matches. That's all. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> That would be actually. That's awesome. like, I'm I fucking fascinated that, by that. Yeah, the moment that I said that, I'm now completely yeah. fascinated by a robot that trains as the spy party sniper and a, and a different AI that trains as a spy party spy. And watching those two characters somehow optimize. I don't know. Anyway, that hopefully that happens once spy party ships. Yeah. Well, on that, thanks for listening to Idle Thumbs. I mean, I guess that's it, right? I guess that was a podcast about <laughs> video games. Oh, no. What was that? Um, thanks for listening. If you want to send us. Uh, questions or comments about any of this or anything else, you can... Uh, we need them. <laughs> yeah, we apparently do. You can send them to questions at idlethumbs.net. Uh, we have a number of other shows on our network at idlethumbs.net, including Esports Today, uh, which is a great esports podcast hosted by Rob Zachney and Andrew Gruen, uh, as well as Three Moves Ahead, the finest strategy game podcast on the internet, um, also hosted by Rob Zachney, and they just launched a Patreon campaign that uh, they are using to hopefully give them the resources to up the amount of content that they publish. In addition to their their weekly podcast, they would like to also um, run a Paradox Games sort of special spinoff show, um, as well as a history book club. You can find that at patreon.com slash 3MA if you like their show. And we got other stuff on there, too. So... IdleThumbs.net. There is also the Idle Thumbs Winter Wizard Jam, uh, which is coming up very soon. That'll be taking place from Saturday, November 28th to Sunday, December 13th. If you go to the Idle Thumbs forums, just go to IdleThumbs.net and click the forums link. Uh, you can participate in that. Um, regardless of your level of skill in game development, there are people there who are cool and helpful. And um, it is the previous Idle Thumbs Wizard Jam was really great and turned out a lot of really fun stuff, really creative stuff. So if you want to be involved with this one, it is the Idle Thumbs Winter Wizard Jam, and you can head over to the Idle Forums and do so. Um, If you like the show, please consider telling a friend or giving us a review. Those things mean a lot to us. We really appreciate it. And on that, we will be back next week. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) 